What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the show. Great to be with you today. Wherever you're listening on the radio, KLFT Radio 90.5 here in Acadiana, Louisiana, or on the podcast, wherever you are. Thanks for being a part of the show in studio again. Deacon Adam Clonk, Chad Bayro, the uncle of all uncles. Uncle of uncles. America's uncle. America's uncle. <laughs> Chad Bayro. <laughs> are you even an uncle? Nope. Nope. I don't even That's know. why he's America's uncle. You're just a first-time dad. I am. And and I have no clue when I'll be an uncle. Yeah, and you have two brothers, yeah. but they're not married. Two brothers. I got three brother-in-laws. Well, I mean, it's like religious women. You know, they're celibate, and so they could they could be sisters and mothers to all. Right. So he's the uncle, not of an all. uncle. So they could be an uncle to <laughs> right. all. You're the adopted uncle of all. <laughs> now you sure. have friends who have babies, and you're like Uncle Chad to them, aren't you? Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but that's you, it. You know, I kind of had that growing up in Louisiana, a small town. Is like mm-hmm. I had uncles that weren't really my uncles, but I just called them uncle. But I didn't know till I was older. It's like, wait, this is not actually my uncle. It's just a friend of the family. Yeah, and then you realize that you actually have uncles that you never talked to, <laughs> but then the ones you call uncles, like that. Okay, so then you get yeah. it. It's really, well, yeah, dis- it's really weird. You understand. And, and then when you get an adult, you realize why you never talked to those uncles. <laughs> Parents that Life want to bring begins to make them. sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Paul, I have to tell you, please. Happy uh, feast day. Yes, Saint George. You just went right on in to and you it and up. your family. I mean, yeah, the whole Georges, all the Georges. Rejoice! April twenty third, right Saint here. It's a big day. Right now, it's Saint George's feast day. We're gonna get into that because this this guy was a he was a dude, man. He's a real deal. Yeah, Slayer of Dragons. So we're going to get to that. All right. it, it's important. So anyway, welcome to the show, Chet. So I'm assuming, hopefully, you have a have you seen. What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? For real, though. You are I for real. I got a pretty good, pretty good little have you seen. We were going to talk about last week, but it didn't work out. I interrupted you. You did. Because <laughs> I, I had Saint a have Benedict, you seen. I mean, Pope Benedict. Right. Big deal. Big deal. He's a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's another big it was deal. It his birthday last week. I've been drinking German beer all week on his behalf. <laughs> Have you? No, not really. <laughs> Pope but, Benedict's week. But I've been thinking about German beer. But I don't know. Well, thinking about it, Schlossing is almost like drinking. to a lily. Remember that story? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so if I take you from Germany to Brazil. Okay. Head on down. Uh, something cool that's happening. Everybody's seen the Christ the Protector uh, statue in Rio. The At least, huge you know, Jesus statue. Yeah, huge Jesus statue. Even if you haven't Rio. been there, like you've probably seen images of that statue. Yeah, with the Olympics happening there recently, you definitely right. definitely saw it. Anyway, okay. there's a small southern town seeking in, in Brazil. Okay, seeking to outdo it. It's called Encantado, and uh, they're going to build one. We're going to outdo your Jesus. Right. The one in Brazil, in Rio, is 125 feet tall. Okay. This one's going to be 141 feet tall. And it's like a little small business. So that's business. like 14 stories? I don't roundabout. know. I think like 10, like, yeah. Probably something like that. Okay. Uh, 14 stories. And in a little, it's a little, little company doing it, little called uh, Friends of Christ, A.A. Cristo, if you're uh, Spanish. Okay. Um, Brazilian, cool. whatever, Brazilian, Portuguese, I don't know. Anyway, uh, and one of the cool things they're going to be doing is they'll build an elevator into it, and you're going to ride up to the heart of Jesus and look over this little small town. Wow. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, pretty neat. I love that. This is Catholic culture. Because, I mean, the, the world is like, let's build the biggest skyscrapers, right? They're fighting over that. Right. Which city gets the tallest building? We're like, we want the tallest Jesus. Yeah. So, fair fair point. They're not the tallest. 
There's actually one under construction in Poland and one under construction in Mexico. We're gonna That's out, what I'm talking we're about. We're going to outdo your Jesus. Yes. That's what I'm talking This is such good news. Poland is going to be 172 feet tall. Yes, 70, 17 stories. So it's usually about 10 feet is a story. Right, right? something you like know, that. Something like that, a roundabout. So. Yeah, Mexico is going to be 249 feet tall. 24 okay, that's a stories. Me- Mexico City? Uh, it doesn't say where it's Probably. at in Mexico. And it's, gonna, it's a Jesus? It's a big Christ the Redeemer, Christ the Protector. Well, and to be honest, statue. Normally, the Have You Seen segment leaves me a little less hopeful of humanity, <laughs> but today, yeah, because he usually up. talks about Listen. growing meat in Mars <laughs> or something. But you could buy yourself a private jet, or you can build a massive Jesus statue over your small town. Well, this is what I'm saying. There's been some segments that we've talked about. Is like, oh, you can spend two hundred fifty thousand dollars and fly out of space. Put and a get diamond a ticket, on your forehead. Right? <laughs> like here, here, yeah. Here's what I love is like <laughs> here here are folks in our world in a culture that's like de- defaming Jesus like the, mm-hmm. his name like and religion who are saying we're putting you know our money we're putting our resources and we're we're just building Jesus like we're going to he's going to be higher than anything like like honestly like yeah. that's great news think about that's that really great news yeah I don't know what we'd put a Jesus on here in South Louisiana on top of a cypress well, tree well I'm taking up this banner we're doing this in Lafayette. I don't know. Let's outdo on our, on our highest hill in Lafayette. <laughs> yeah. Let's outdo the Mexico Jesus, three hundred foot Jesus deal. And we have to have an elevator up to his heart, though. That's, Thirty. I mean, that's a pretty that's cool the expensive idea. part. Yeah, but we could do it. They're building a space elevator right now. A different heavy. I have a friend who works for an if elevator they could build a company. Space elevator, I can get a deal. Build. You can get a deal. I can get a deal hey, on an elevator. What would you give me for like a three hundred foot statue elevator? Yeah. Half off? <laughs> if we have any listeners out there, that's a good idea. Like half a three hundred foot Jesus to outdo the Mexico Jesus, and let's just I keep raising this. the bar. Yeah. I love it. Well, look, we can't yeah. spend little on out of an elevator because we'll only get up to his kneecaps. Then we're <laughs> <laughs> gonna know, get to his heart. Maybe each year we could raise more money to go higher up the Jesus. You know, so that's start, a good idea. Started the ankles, move up to the knees, and then maybe in like a hundred years we're like all the way at the top, and we did it, Lafayette. No, but honestly, I mean, what a cool, quote unquote, sacrament to the world of like raising the name of Jesus. Like you're saying, like we want to promote Jesus. We want to make Jesus important. And so to have a worldwide race of like who's got the tallest Jesus, I love it. I think it's a wonderful idea. Well, you know, this is, you know, when you talk about Catholic culture, this goes back centuries, right? Like Catholic culture, uh, you know, of art, of beauty, of majesty that draw people to the beauty of of god to jesus and the you know a statue like that like points to something greater right like it's not like the statue is jesus it's like no it points to the reality uh, that there is a jesus who is alive right and what i love is that people are willing to use their influence their resources to do something great in the world and it's like look what's what are we doing you know what what are you doing uh, to leave a legacy and a name, it's like, oh, we can save all of our money and we can do all these, you know, things. But are you using it for the name of Jesus? That's what's really challenging and great. That is great. Well, I think South Lafayette's a good area, like uh, out there by Lourdes and STM in that area. Right. There's a lot of grass. <laughs> Huge Jesus. Yeah. All right, so whoever's listening who wants to get on board, I say right us. here on I forty nine when I-10. you're pulling in an I ten because it's it's like a it's a throughway. Oh, like visible, if you're travel, yeah. here's it's yeah. crazy. Is like if you're traveling to Los Angeles, California, 
you're going to go right through Lafayette on I-10. If you're going up to whatever. There's this, no way you'd miss a 300-foot tall Jesus. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> Maybe we could put like, it on top of the new Amazon okay. building. Got to check this out. Yeah. Right on top. Right on top of the Amazon yeah. building. All right. That's pretty good. What a great I'll, way to like evangelize. It. This yeah. could be the best have you seen ever, even more than the grow your own meat from your cheek <laughs> one. We're going to have to unpack Way to go, Chad. Somewhere. So anyway, you did mention uh, it is the Feast <laughs> of St. George. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing is that I have, you know, two first names and they're both saints. Mm-hmm. You have and, three first and I've names. And I've grown up with that reality. It's a lot of pressure. It is. <laughs> right? <laughs> Half the Beatles. I'm half yeah. the Beatles. I got St. Paul. I got St. George. They're both pretty good saints. You know, St. Paul was a, you know, obviously an evangelist of all evangelists. And St. George, we don't hear a lot about St. George. Maybe you didn't even know St. George was a saint, like if you're listening, but absolutely. He goes all the way back to the year 280. Like, so he's one of like the OGs mm-hmm. of saints, mm. right? And there's sort of a fairy tale around him that he was a slayer of dragons. Now, we don't know that, you know, obviously they weren't dragons, but he was a, you know, he's like the patron of crusaders and of of warriors. He was a, you know, a man's man who fought battles and more importantly, spiritual battles. Yeah. And, you know, the church has everything that we need for living out a full life. And part of that, too, is like manly inspiration. Not just men need it, women need it too. Um, I heard something from someone recently. He was giving his thoughts on homeschooling and his stuff. He, he said, you know, I teach college-age women, and I asked them, you know, what they think of boys that were homeschooled versus boys that were, uh, you know, went to church school. He said, they say pretty consistently, the homeschool boys don't know how to fight for us. Now, wow. I take that as a challenge as a homeschool parent. <laughs> All right, so got to make sure little Thomas can fight for girls. <laughs> But in other words, women have this need for men that fight for them, that men that protect them, that men that are selfless and brave and fearless. And so they need to know that these type of men exist too. Like me as a man, I need to look to St. George and say, all right, there's a great model of, for me, but women, real men exist. And in today's world, that's really good news. Hmm. That is really good news. <laughs> yep. You could have a man that, I don't know, there's so many men that, are weak and not because I mean not because they went to our homeschooled, but you know, like <laughs> I hope not. I, yeah, I think you just probably hope. <laughs> you know, Saint George. So okay, yep. he was a he, he was, was a martyr around Palestine, like so modern day Palestine. He was from that area, and you know he gave his life for the church and for Christ. You know, do you so. have a question? Okay, so he's two eighty. How far back does it? Or how late can it be that you're like a father of the church, you know? Or like, what would you consider fathers of the church? Because, like, we consider St. Augustine one, right? And he's, like, in the 300s. Yeah, so it would it would be more because of his writings, you know, that he's a father and doctor right. of the church. You know, so his contribution to the church was, you know, so much of... of uh, Slaying dragons, St. George. That's his contribution to the church. Of, of fighting for the dogmas and the truth and the writings, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. You had to geek out for a sec. So there's a few qualifications. And like Paul said, writings are very important. Um, being of antiquity is certainly one of the qualifications to be a father of the church. And the latest one that's acknowledged is around 700. Okay. Um, so I'm just geeking out. You there, know, like, because I, I think about like the fathers of America. And they're like <laughs> right. just the guys that signed the declaration, you know. And Well, the, and, and the fathers are called fathers if they significantly 
contributed to the life of the church as lived out over 2000 years you know mm-hmm. like in other words think about this person what would it like to be what it would be like to be catholic without this person in our history hmm. and if it's really hard to answer that question there you go they right. can be a father so the latest father of the church was 700 years ago Recognized around 700. Around well, 700. Okay, not mm-hmm. 700 years ago. Around no, 700. You know right. who it was? or uh, Gregory. St. Gregory the Great. St. Gregory oh, the Great. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It was a big Pope. contribution. Well, yeah, and he made big contributions to, to liturgy, music, law. I mean, there's a lot of things that... That's where uh, we get Gregorian chant. Right. Oh, right. Wow. But I mean, if you can imagine the church without Augustine, good luck. Right. Good luck there. So, <laughs> so at what point, I guess you're asking, Chad, like... And I would hate to say, like, you know, St. Francis of Assisi is a contemporary saint because, you know, we wouldn't think of him as a contemporary saint anymore of, like, our, our time. You know, like, JP2 is a contemporary saint. At what point would, you know, St. Francis of Assisi become a father of the church? Is it just more time, you know? Well, or? like St. Francis, so, for example, uh, St. Benedict is a father. Um, he established Western monasticism. In other words, like, he... Without mm-hmm. him, we wouldn't have St. Francis at all, right? Like, and St. Francis did take that idea of monastic living and take it to a whole new level, just like Mother Teresa did, too. I mean, her life is a lot different, too. But um, he took what was already given, if that makes sense. And uh, so, I, I mean, I think that's why there's an antiquity requirement. And by the year 700, we kind of all agree that, like, everything is established in the church that will be established. We're going to have innovations. We're going to have new creative mission work and whatever, but everybody's kind of working with the same system now. Whereas before, like, we didn't have monastic life or we didn't have, um, you know, established liturgy the way we do. So at some point, we got to really be established. Mm. And that was kind of when the fathers ended. Now, St. George is kind of in that time period really before fathers existed in that, we we call it like apostolic fathers. So you have the apostles, then you have those that the apostles taught, like St. Polycarp and things like that. We call them apostolic fathers. So those that took the apostles' teaching and then lived it out, and then you had the fathers like after them. Right. That's interesting. It I is. think a lot Just of like St. George is like, we do have history of St. George. We have some, but we don't have a lot. You mm-hmm. know, there's not enough there to to recognize, you know, his contribution other than he was a leader, he was a Christian, he gave his life, he was He's a martyr, brave, he yeah. fought, but... We don't have, you know, much, you know, like, else around that. Right. Well, well, apparently if an entire empire is trying to destroy you, you don't get to keep good records of things. <laughs> That's true. So. Yeah. Well, okay. What's the deal with the slaying of the dragon? Why do we, why do we talk about that? What's sort of a myth or fantasy around right. him, you know, that kind of grew. And I think it's sort of um, because he was a crusader, a warrior, and he fought, you know, he probably... Um, you know, tales became about him, you know, it was like, oh, if you saw George in this battle, like he just slayed giants, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so like the story kind of grew and grew. Right. He's not the only saint that we talk about that slayed dragons, right? Am I wrong? I think there is a female saint that we, uh, yeah. there's a legend about, I don't remember her name. But now, we could all be wrong, get to heaven and realize, <laughs> oh, yeah. that was just a really big lizard. There, yeah. was, <laughs> there were dragons you're at gonna, some point. You're going to walk through the gate and he's going to say, Paul, come with me. <laughs> <laughs> come see this dragon head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did that. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm actually excited. Uh, you guys, we actually have an interview today, a good friend of mine, Mark Joseph, who wrote an Another awesome Another two-saint name guy. That's right. That's, That's why right. you picked Hot him. Hot dog. And, uh, <laughs> yep, zero saint Wrote names. a great book, and 
he's got an awesome um, course online I'm excited about for people to get a hold of. So anyway, all right, we'll be right back. It's Paul George Show. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening in on the radio, KLFT Radio 90.5 here in Acadiana or on the podcast, wherever you are around the world. Feel free to share the show with friends, family, or anyone out there. So uh, it's great to have a good friend of mine, Mark Joseph, on the show for an interview today and um, got them all logged in from Steubenville, Ohio. Mark, how's it going? Hey, Paul, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, we had you on in the past. It's been a while since I've actually done an interview, so it's always good to have friends back on the show. Um, so Mark's from, you know, lives in Pittsburgh, works at Franciscan University in Steubenville in the area of evangelization. Mark, maybe you can kind of explain a little bit better what you do on a day-to-day. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm vice president of outreach and evangelization. So uh, my group, we're about a team of 30, owns everything. Uh, from that perspective, outside of our campus, worldwide, uh, which sounds like a big deal, but it's uh, we do a little bit in Europe. Uh, mostly everything we're doing is in North America, uh, predominantly the United States. Yeah, and you guys do a lot of work. I'm a part of some of the outreach of the conferences, adult conferences, young adult conferences, youth conferences, and you guys do work with parishes around the world and evangelization work. So it's really cool. Lots of awesome things going on. Um, you wrote an amazing book, which I love. It's called Overwhelming Pursuit. Um, and we actually talked about that years ago when it came out. How long has the book been out and, and how's that been going? I came out in August of 2018 and the reception I've received has been uh, gratifying. Uh, it was very warm. The message seems to resonate. Uh, as you know, uh, COVID wiped out all personal speaking appearances. Right. So, uh, so I get a lot less feedback today than I did, uh, 18 months ago, but I'm looking to hopefully ramp that back up, uh, at least locally in the not too distant future. Yeah, no, it's been a a crazy year, obviously for all of us, but if, you know, if you are a speaker, evangelist an, an author, you know, all that got shut down this year. And so it's kind of been hard and things are starting to ramp up slowly um, you know, for, for people like us, but the book's called Overwhelming Pursuit, Stop Chasing Your Life and Live. Um, and so your book actually came out a few months after mine. Mine came out in May of 2018. And then yours was, um, you know, a few months after that. And I remember us kind of going back and forth on like, you know, going through the process of writing and editing and, you know, um, publishing through a, a publisher. And then yours came out. Um, and the book's been doing really well, man. Uh, and it's been great, but the cool thing about what you've been able to do is, you know, you know, for those people who don't know you, uh, you spent a lot of time making hay in the business world. 
uh, and you know, God then moved you into this world of evangelization and the church. Um, and so you have a unique perspective uh, on life and on ministry and on faith um, that a lot of people don't have. And you really were able to bring that into the book. And now you've, you've kind of brought that forth with a heart to, to offer this online course um, that you're doing with the book as sort of the backdrop. What was sort of the genesis of launching the course online, Mark? Uh, my passion with with all of this, uh, given the the uh, the experience that I have, uh, the path that the Lord took me on, is to share the message with as many people as humanly possible. So, uh, you know, it's interesting to me, Paul. You and I have talked about this. Uh, how many people don't read? <laughs> you know, once, right. once you become an author, you, you find out that there's there aren't so many people that read, at least not as many as uh, in yesteryear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's a matter of, you know, the different avenues to get the message out. Uh, I do a weekly blog. I do a weekly video, uh, which, which reaches people. Uh, and then this course just seemed like a, a good opportunity. I've seen them, uh, be done, you know, COVID cer- certainly kind of works into that from a timing perspective. And it's just another way for people to, to, uh, to, to understand and internalize the message, and that's my passion. Absolutely. Okay, so take me through the course because I was looking through it, and people can get access to the course. Just go to my website, discovertheartofliving.com. Right on the home page, you can click on the course. It'll take you right to uh, the course page. But um, the course is broken up into different, uh, you know, episodes or whatever you would call it. Uh, take me through the course a little bit, and and what would be sort of a draw for someone to to go through the course. Well, first off, just a, a minor correction, Paul. The link on your website goes to a free webinar. Okay, gotcha. Uh, not directly to the course. And that webinar will be an hour long and substantive. Uh, there's going to be some you know, good teaching there. I cover four main points, and uh, it should be worth anybody's time. Uh, and that would be an entree uh, to the course if people would be interested. You know, uh, my... Uh, you know, the, 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 the title of the book is going from overwhelmed to or the working title of the book was going from overwhelmed to fulfilled. The actual title is overwhelming pursuit, as you said. Uh, so it's this idea of understanding what overwhelms us in life. And I, I have a particular experience set and thesis as related to that, uh, which is documented in my book. Um, and then uh, the Lord took me on this path to, to fulfillment. Uh, I actually refer to it as peace, joy, and fulfillment. And uh, the three primary steps there were conversion or understanding my identity in Christ, healing. I think no matter who we are, we have to we have things we 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 need to heal from. And then the last one is really becoming the best version of ourselves. So the formative steps in in uh, in growing in in faith. Uh, but the course starts out with really unpacking uh, why we are the way we are. Uh, and it really mirrors the book, um, but goes into much more detail. Uh, and and it, re- it all starts with this idea of conditional love or feeling that we have to earn the love of other people. It's not done with malice. It's not done uh, with, with ill intent. But, you know, if Johnny does well on a test, right, he's congratulated. And if he doesn't do well on a test, uh, he's either uh, reprimanded, uh, maybe softly or harshly. Uh, or, or nothing is said. The silence can be deafening. 
So we grew up with this thing where, you know, we believe that we have to earn the love of other people. The more better we perform, the more love we perceive that we receive. And my thesis, my lived experience is, is that leads to a lack of self-love, which then leads to fear, which prevents us from being, doing, and trying all that God calls us to. So I walk people through all of that, uh, including uh, a tragedy that takes place in our lives, uh, the, um, the resentments that we build up, the hurts, the wounds. And with this course, uh, and there are, by the way, nine lessons, a total of 19 modules. Each module is about 10 minutes of video time. And with that uh, video, you have the transcript of the video. You have the primary points. You have the slide deck, which are all the graphics. And, uh, and then you have um, uh, uh, exercises to walk you through a process of understanding what those things were in your life and how you might overcome them. Yeah, so those of you who are listening, easy to find since you're used to listening to the show or the podcast, just go to discovertheartofliving.com, just right on the homepage, just click the link. Uh, it'll take you right to the course. Uh, so I'm reading the course right now, you know, the overview of the course. And you kind of you kind of have me here, Mark. Like it says, go from overwhelmed to fulfilled. Okay, uh, which I want to do. Uh, learn God's plan on how to eliminate stress. Hello, that's speaking to me. Uh, experience peace. Okay, I'm with you. And find your greatness. Like I'm all about all those things all the time. Uh, but those things are harder to come by, right? Than than just words. And so you walk us through that. And like you said, it's in nine informative lessons and you get all that through the course. So, um, step-by-step content, hands-on coaching and a multitude of resources. You had me at hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, most people don't know, like when, when I talk about the fact that we're made for greatness, greatness, that's scriptural, you know, Jeremiah 20, uh, 29, 11, Jeremiah one, five, John 10, 10, are the three scripture verses I, I most often cite, and there's probably, you know, two dozen more. Uh, but God made us for greatness. He, he gave each of us individual gifts and talents, made us with a unique purpose. He doesn't make junk. He doesn't make mistakes. We're all at a 10 on a scale, 1 to 10. And, uh, and he loves us more than we'll ever know, no matter what we've ever done. So he wants us to be happy. He wants us to be fulfilled. And, and the, the pathway to that greatness uh, no surprise to uh, to me and you because we've lived this, but the pathway to that greatness is is saying yes to Jesus, right? And and surrendering to His will, and then discovering all of those things: our gifts and our talents, uh, understanding our call in this world, and and working to this place where we are actualizing or living our greatness. Oh man, absolutely. I'm I'm writing this down. The pathway to greatness is saying yes to Jesus. I think I need a reminder of that today because you know, like I think in a world today is like we're looking for greatness, happiness, success in so many other things, right? And you talk about that in your book. You definitely nail that down uh, for sure. But in the course, it sounds like you're kind of breaking that open in more layers, which I'm very interested in, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I there's a phrase, uh, you can never have too much of what we really don't need, right? And uh, and, and we try to um, try to fill this God-sized hole with all these things that are meaningless in our lives. You, know, you mentioned early on in our episode here today that I was in the commercial world, and 
you know, there are plenty of people that were far more successful than me, but, you know, I experienced some relative success and I was on, you know, the, the acquisition hunt. I mean, houses, cars, all of that stuff. And, uh, and in fact, it's funny, we built a, a pretty large house in an upscale neighborhood that was on the top of this real big hill. And I've come to say that I was more interested in getting to the top of the hill than living at the top of the hill. Because once I got up there, mm. I found out that none of it was going to make me happy. Mm. Uh, so it's all of those things that we, 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 we think are going to make us happy in society, what society tells us. Uh, but they, they just won't. You can never have enough of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you can find the course. Just go to my website, discovertheartofliving.com. It's really easy. I put it on the web page. Click on it. It'll take you to information, uh, sort of the webinar, and then information on the nine informative lessons. But you've you've made this really easy. And the reason I wanted to have you on because not only you have your book as the backdrop, but you know this isn't sort of like this self help course that people are you know just going to click on. Like this is a real walkthrough, like finding you know um, peace your greatness, eliminating stress, but all this at the crux of all this is what you said is a relationship with Christ. And, and this is what the show is all about. This is what our mission uh, is all about is drawing people into that and then helping people grow uh, in that. But um, you know, the, the course you, you've done it in a way where it's not, it's not, you know, expensive, you know, it's real easy for anyone to do and take advantage of. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, and I mean, just to, you know, tell your, tell your listeners here, um, the course is priced at $79, uh, uh, based on, you know, what I've seen on the market, the value proposition is quite significant, but I also, you know, within the course, just like on my website with, with my book, I have a hardship clause. And if, if people want the course and can't afford it or want my book and can't afford it, I'll give it to you for free. Uh, you know, my passion is getting the message out. It's not the money. So uh, whatever I can do to serve people in, in, in internalizing this message, I want to be doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and so you can just uh, go to the website, discovertheartofliving.com, click on the homepage, and then it'll take you to, you know, the course overview and whatnot. And, and this is what's great, Mark, is like, um, you know, what I have found it, obviously over the this year of COVID year of being able to move a lot of things online. So a lot of the coaching sessions I do, or even some speaking stuff, a lot of one-on-one -on -one things uh, with marriage folks, been able to do online over Zoom or video, and it's actually translated really well. And so what you've done with the course is like, you know, made it available online, but in a way that people feel really connected and a part of the whole process. So it's not just this you know, like, Hey, this thing's online, but you've created it in a way that, uh, it really feels personal. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's self-paced. So I, I think it's, you know, spits out a lesson every week. Um, but then you can go at your own pace. And then we also have a bonus section, Paul, where, uh, you can sign up to be part of uh, a monthly zoom call. Uh, there's one a month for six months where I get on and dialogue with people. Uh, I'll be presenting on specific topics, but doing Q&A and, and really staying on as long as people want to stay on. It's going to be an interactive format. All of us are familiar with Zoom at this point. And, uh, and just looking to help people you know, dive deeper and, and, and figure these things out for their lives. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm continuing to read about this. And before the show is over, I think I'm going to be signing up myself. Uh, so you asked this question, do you ever beat up beat yourself up 
Are you critical of yourself? Check. Uh, do you struggle making decisions? Second guessing yourself? Check. Do you often live in a place of fear? Does it sometimes prevent you from doing things? Check. Uh, do you have resentments from past hurts or tragedies you've experienced? Check. So, <laughs> you know, when you fill in this thing out, it's like, hey, does this apply to you? Yeah, the course applies to me. And, I, and I'm thinking that most people who are listening are all like uh, one or all of those questions that you ask in sort of the, the course overview, everyone can relate to that because we're human and we're all on this journey with God or trying to be. And so you help unpack some of those deep questions and and longings that we all have, not because you're like some great theologian, but because you've been on the journey yourself and you use a lot of those personal stories from your own life, which I can relate to. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because uh, nobody talks about this stuff, right? I mean, we, we're all islands unto ourselves and we keep all of these secrets. And, and nobody talks about it, but the fact is, and you just made the point, all of us are experiencing the same stuff. Yeah. Right? It's all universal. We're all dealing with the same stuff. So, you know, I, I'm biased because I you know, wrote the book and created the course, but I think it has wide appeal because most people I talk to when I get into the conversation are dealing with these things. And, and there's an answer to them. Jesus has an answer for it all. Amen to that. I mean, exactly. Um, and I think a lot of times for people of us, our faith or trying to grow in our faith is like, okay, you know, I do ask that question and people ask that question. How does my faith or how does the relationship with Jesus help to translate into some of these things in my life that, that are obstacles? That's what I love about your book and I love about the course. So it's real easy. Uh, just go to discovertheartofliving.com, which you're familiar with. Click on, on the homepage. There's the course overview and just a button to click, and you'll just it'll get you um, right into um, to Mark's website, the overview of the course, and all those things. So, Mark, dude, can't thank you enough for taking the time. I know you're busy. You got a lot going on, Franciscan University. So, thanks for this, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, brother. God bless. Look forward to seeing you this summer. All right, man. God bless you. Have a good one. We'll talk to you later. All right, peace. Thank you. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening in. Um, man, we haven't done an interview in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been good. Get Mark on and uh, his book, his course. It's really cool. So you can do it on your own time. Like It's, it's not a certain time, but... Uh, real easy to access, and it walks you through faith and all these questions that we're asking. So mm-hmm. that's what I like about it. And I can tell that we haven't done an interview in a long time because you guys didn't have your mics on. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> it's probably for the best. Y'all were <laughs> laughing in the background, not at Mark or of me in not. the interview, but like y'all were just like in your own world. Well, things come well, up. Well, the last time we had an interview was Paul Hood, and we all know how that went. That, we all had our mics on. <laughs> that was over quarantine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he had missing kidneys and things or whatever. A new kidney. 
Yeah. Yeah, he had a double organ transplant. What a guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it was great. And I'm excited that places like Soonville are offering things like this because we talk, I mean, how often do we talk about the need to help people just live normal life these days? Like our culture makes it so difficult to just live a normal, happy life. And so, yeah, I mean, when universities offer, you know, Trinity Part Two, like you can geek out on that and it's really exciting and everything. And I like it. But uh, it's also good to offer just living life, right? Like living life as a Christian and and finding fulfillment in that. That's very important. Right, because the world offers so many like self-help courses that that promise to get results and whatever else, you know, like like free yoga courses to get your life mm-hmm. right or, mm-hmm. you know, like balance and right. confidence and <laughs> things from, you know, these. Like, Meditate to the sun god. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice to have Catholic, well-produced Catholic content that can really you know help us transform and shape our lives yeah and i'm going to go back to this this statement that he said because it stuck out to me the pathway to greatness is saying yes to jesus and that's that's crucial it's key right because it's in this relationship with christ that we're fulfilled and yet i think there are a lot of times we often experience some of these human obstacles you know where Mm -hmm. we need healing where we need um answers to just to questions that we're longing for and wondering and how do we translate this relationship with Christ to, like you said, Adam, like this everyday life of living, you know, the greatness that God's called us to? That's sometimes hard to translate that, to put some traction to that. So Mark's got this story where he's, you know, learned, you know, through a lot of his own mistakes and his own own uh, experience how to do that. So that's that's really cool. What And the other thing I really love about it is tied in our first segment when we're talking about these huge statues, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> And people uh, using their influence great. for the gospel. Mm-hmm. I I think that's probably one of my favorite things to hear about and see and to to encourage people to do. And it, it gives me a glimpse of hope for our world is when people use their influence for Christ in the world. And that could be anything. You could build a statue um, that, that, that just, you know, is huge. Or like Mark, you can write a simple book and produce a course and say, you know, it's not about the money. I just want everyone to know Jesus. Like, th- this is it, right? Like, it's just responding and doing. And I was having lunch with a guy this week. He was like, hey, you know, I need some advice. I don't know what to do. I, God's put something on my heart, and I have all these obstacles, and I don't know what steps to make. And, you know, my my simple point back to him was, like, just do it. Like, just start. Like, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be grandiose. You don't have to have a website. Like you don't even have to have a mission statement yet. Like just start doing what God's put on your heart, and like God, let the Holy Spirit take over the rest, right? And he's like, "That's what I've been worried about. I've just been stuck with all the details." I was like, "No, just start. Like just start doing what God's put on your heart." And this is how our culture changes. This is how the world changes. You imagine if every beautiful artist or musician or other just sat around and thought of excuses. But they just started painting. They just started writing. They just started singing, and let God take the rest. And I think we're in a world and a culture where Christians just need to s- just start responding to just God. Act, yes. Yeah. You hear the Holy Spirit just do. Right. You know, how could the how? It's, I like that the path of to greatness is through Jesus. Right. Is is Jesus? Uh, I mean, how could it be through anything else? Like it doesn't make sense anywhere else. He's he's. God, <laughs> he's perfect. Like if you're trying to find out, you're going to be less than whatever else you're pursuing. 
you know, the path to greatness is not through penny stocks or acquisitions. Well, like he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Like, this is the life. Yeah, it is the life with <laughs> Jesus, and he's also the way to that life. And the perennial temptation is to have the way be to a different end, and that is the devil's temptation. If you bow to me, I will make you great. Mm. Right, like if you worship me, if you give up these things, you'll achieve an end. But really, the end and the means need to be the same, and that's only possible in God. God is the end and the means. We live with God, but we're also on our journey to God. And I mean, look, the famous example, I won't call his name out because he could be the greatest of all time. I don't know. But that famous example of winning six Super Bowls and then saying, yeah, my wife, who's like this new age witch, there's some truth to that. Yeah. You know, if you give your heart and soul to this, you can you can achieve great things just like me. I mean, that is the perennial temptation of the world. Hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. That's frightening. You know, it's it's interesting because, like, you know, the the lies and the attacks from the devil, the enemy, a lot of times aren't these huge, obvious things, right? So if you take that scripture from, you know, John, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? Well, you know, the enemy will just simply you know, just twist what's true just a little bit. It's like, oh, there's another way. It's not Jesus, right? There is no real truth, right? You can make mm. up your own, mm. right? Or even... And there is no abundant life, right? You just, you're just going to, you know, not always find fulfillment. So I'm just going to keep you searching for mm-hmm. fulfillment, right? But Jesus says, no, I am the way, the truth, the life. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that distorts even what the life is like the definition of what is the good life what is the what is greatness you know and when we when we're off the mark then we're well, we're not going to find it we're not going to find the life you know we're not going to find Jesus as the life yeah like it's not you know i don't know i feel like people imagine the life as just owning a yacht and riding jet skis around and you know whatever it is you know, well, again, that's the devil playing on our desires cuz we yeah. want that life we call it heaven yeah. there's no worries you have everything you need mm-hmm. you're with everybody you love like that is heaven, and the devil distorts that desire to t- want to do that now. Mm. Right. No, you know, absolutely. It's interesting because we're still in the book of Acts. We're in the season of Easter, right? So this Sunday, <laughs> like we're going to be in the, you know, the the fourth Sunday of Easter, and we're breaking open the book of Acts, you know, and you know what I talked about last week is like you want to learn about like the Christian life and learn about the early church and how God moved and worked. Read the book of Acts, right? And, you know, we're in this part of Acts where Paul is persecuting Christians, and he actually goes to the authorities and says, give me permission to basically arrest and bring to Jerusalem anyone who's a part of the way, is the words they use. <laughs> What's the way? It's the, the Christian life. That's what they referred to it as or called it as. And what, what's the way? It's the who. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Those are his words, Right. So Paul goes from persecuting Christians to arresting them to having a, you know, a massive conversion on the road to Damascus. Now, his, his conversion wasn't just the fact that you know, he heard Jesus speak to him, that he you know, was blind, but that Jesus sent a, a, a man, right, a disciple, was it Ananias, to Paul to pray over him, to lay hands on him, to receive his sight again. So, and then he was baptized after that. No. Yeah, it's no coincidence he was converted on the way to somewhere. Right. Right, his way changed. His the way, way he was going changed, and the way became Christ. Right. And, I mean, it really is this simple. 
How do you do it? You literally just let Christ speak to you every day, and you do what he tells you. Yeah. I mean, it's like Mary said, do whatever he tells you. I mean, th- there's no greater life possible than that life, that I wake up, I listen to Jesus, he tells me to do something, and I go do it. This right. is the life we live on this earth. Right. I think as I'm getting older, I'm just trying to learn and trust more and more that every day is just today. It's like, let me just respond to Jesus today. And I know there might be a lot of details to unfold, but all I know is the moment right now. It's just like, this is all I know, right? And I can get lost in all the details and the complications and trying to figure everything out. And the reality is all I know is to respond to Jesus in this moment today, right now, and that he can provide and will provide along the way. So I, I'm just saying yes, right? And this this is really what the heart of like the early church was about. And these Christians mm-hmm. like, we, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We're saying yes to Jesus. We're walking with him. And we may lose our life today, and we may not. But we're going to preach until we can't preach anymore. And going back to Mark's story, going back to our first segment of these crazy folks who are building statues for Jesus in the world, is like literally it's, it is just saying yes to Jesus today and trusting that he's going to take care of you tomorrow because at the end of the end of your life, my life is like, what's our impact, you know, for, for the world, for the culture is making an impact for Christ. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah. it. Like that's, all, impact, that's all we have yeah. left. Well, and I, I think in that context, if you look at the traditional three categories of conversion, the church gives us purification, illumination, and union. It makes sense about if the goal is to listen to Jesus, if that's the whole Christian idea, I mean, those are the three things in my way to listen to Jesus. Purification, my attachment to sin, my attachment to this world is in my way to say yes. So if I am continually being purified of that, then I will be able to say yes more tomorrow than I said today. So my life has to, con- has to include some elements of purification in it every day so that I can say yes more tomorrow than I can today because I'm more detached from this world and I'm more attached to Christ. Illumination. I just don't get it. I don't get what God's asking me to do. That takes meditation. Uh, it takes study. It takes um, mentorship. Like It takes me filling my life and my head and my mind with Christ, with the gospel, with what he tells me. And if I'm not doing that, then that limits my ability to say yes. If I'm not getting mentored the right way or taught the right way, if I don't understand the faith of the church, if I don't understand what the big issues are today. So I need to have this influx of study and prayer that illumine my mind. And then the third conversion is union. If I'm not spending time with Jesus, if I'm not in his presence and prayer every day, there's no way I can hear his voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I can't be a sheep without being united to the shepherd and spending time with him in prayer. So if I'm not doing that, I can't say yes. So I think that's, you know, that's the right context to look at those three types of conversions because really we can look at those conversions as like levels, like a video game. Oh, I've gotten over the purification level. Now I'm in the illumination level. Oh, great. (laughs) And I'll finish the illumination. Now I'm in the union level. This is wonderful. Mm. I'm becoming a real Christian. This is great. And I'll get to level 28. And then what happens? But really, it's a cycle of these three types of conversions that make it easier to say yes to Jesus. Yep. I love that. I feel like we talked a lot about the purification during Lent, especially the purification part, not that we didn't talk about the others. But I love the, the idea of being able to understand and hear the Father's voice. You know, it's like, the, it's like a part in friendship when we recognize our friend's voice 
even when we don't see them, you know, on a phone or like if your friend tries to prank call you, you're like, I know who this is. You can't hide your voice from me, you know. And uh, there's a, comes a time in prayer when we start to recognize when the Father's speaking to us and when we're hearing other voices, you yeah. know, and, and hearing voices from the outside. One of the good things Lynn did for me this year was fasting from technology and, you know, including like TV shows and all these things was recognizing even the, the, my own heart, like where I was at, you know, I'm like, and what kind of influences I'm taking in. Cause after Easter, you know, I was able to watch, you know, TV shows or whatever. And I'm like, man, what this is doing for my disposition, like where I'm at in my life is not good for me. Like I like watching criminal minds. Like, okay, maybe <laughs> I shouldn't watch people getting murdered and like learning about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not doing good for my sleep, but -hmm. it's also like not good for the way I'm looking at the world right now. I can see how it changes it. And I can see when I'm not listening to God, I'm like choosing not to listen to him or or I'm not able to hear him anymore because I'm I'm becoming attached or becoming filled up with these worldly things, you know? Yeah. You know, Mark mentioned, you know, John 10, 10, I've come to give you life and life abundant. Right. And right after that, John 10, 11 is the good shepherd. You know, where does the abundant life come from? From being in union with the good shepherd, right? And Jesus says, actually, this Sunday, which is so interesting, I am the good shepherd. A shepherd lays down his life for his sheep, right? But then he says this, which is very interesting, and this is the enemy, right? He says, a hired man who is not a shepherd and whose sheep is not his own sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away right? And the wolf catches and scatters them. This is, this is like the enemy of the world and sin and like this temptation that there's, um, there's a voice and there's a way that's better outside of relationship with God, right? But what the enemy will say is, oh yeah, I'm your shepherd, but in tough moments, I'm leaving. Like mm. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abandon you and you're going to be left alone and you're going to be left in sin and you're going to be left astray. And then Jesus goes back and says, um, this is because he works for pay and has no concern for his sheep, but I am the good shepherd and I know mine and mine know me, right? Mm. I lay down my life for my sheep, right? And they are, they belong to my fold, right? So Jesus is the voice like, and, and watches over us. And the more, like you were saying, Adam, is more we're in union with God, then the more that, you know, we're, we're you know, we don't get lost, along the way right yeah and i mean that is the the ultimate end of following the devil you know we follow jesus into eternal life we follow him every day to say yes so that in the end we're together forever with him and 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 everything the end of the devil following him is just complete disappointment i mean when do suicides happen when do when when are we in our greatest despair in america it's when we get on the top of that hill mark was talking about like Mm -hmm. we actually achieved the thing we wanted, and it's so empty. Hmm. Mm. Like that one who was leading us there has abandoned us, like doesn't care. I mean, this is Judas when he took the 30 pieces of silver, you know, he achieved that thing he thought was the right thing to do, and it wasn't. And the devil wasn't like, oh, I'm sorry, but it's just, you're right, you're terrible. Right. You're right, you're awful. Like you sold your soul to him, and then he wants to remind you how awful that was when you finally achieved that thing you sold your soul for. And that he was left isolated and abandoned from mm-hmm. from the people who who he thought had his back, right? And this is this is the voice of the enemy, of uh, tempting us along a route in a way that we think will bring us peace, and it doesn't. Like it's 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 departure from the voice of the good shepherd, 
and being in union with the Father, right? And in friendship and relationship with Jesus. And when we begin to distance ourselves from that, right, the voice of the enemy becomes louder and louder. But that's the voice we begin to recognize. Yeah, and, and it gives us scary. anxiety, and it gives us oh, it makes it gives us despair and anxiety. One of the things, man, I, I've been reflecting on that particular point a lot. Just the the hired man part, like who are those hired men, hmm. even in society right now. And I think it's a lot of times it's anybody that's recruiting us to a team that doesn't care about us, mm-hmm. or doesn't doesn't have Christ at the center. I see it a lot in politics, like that you want to belong to the certain team, and they don't care about you. Like it might make people angry, but they don't. They right. could care less about what is good for you, in particular, and and what Christ has to say about it. Yeah, there's really only one who does care about us. I am the good shepherd. Exactly. And there are good shepherds in Jesus Christ. You know those good leaders that who through Christ do shepherd others and do lead. But it's only participation in the good shepherd, right? Like, there's no other shepherd. There's no other good shepherd than Jesus Christ. Right. If, if there's a good shepherd who's human, a good leader, they should be leading people to the good shepherd, right? Mm-hmm. To hear the voice of Jesus, not them, right? They're not right. leading people to themselves, but to God, right? And relationship, because that's what sustains us all, right? And so... Um, mm. You know, if I'm just left in in just oh, like you, because every human's going to disappoint us, right? Like mm-hmm. in, even in little ways, but but God doesn't. God doesn't disappoint. God is always there, always faithful, always loving, always merciful, you, always, always, always. And the more that we're listening to His voice, the more that we're assured of that. Yeah, man. If at any point in your life you've thought that some person has all the answers to all of your life's problems and his name's not Jesus Christ, <laughs> you're mistaken. Mm-hmm. Well, we haven't had one of these types of shepherds recently, but think of like the Padre Pio type or the St. Francis of Assisi type, but someone who is um, in that authoritative role of either a priest or religious who people just flock to. And I'm, when I say flock to, I mean from all over the world will come to this person to go to confession, to hear them preach. And it's not because they're amazing. It's because they encounter God and Christ in them in such a profound way that when they leave, they no longer need that person. I mean, right. think about that. Like if I go to Padre Pio for confession, I go to have an encounter with Jesus that I can walk away from, I'm not like booking my next trip to Padre Pio next month. Like I'm going back changed and, and like in that deeper relationship with Jesus. You're left with Jesus. I don't need Padre Pio right. anymore. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're left with Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's what you're left with. Yeah. You know. And what I love about maybe even some of those contemporary saints or leaders is that they were just doing the work of God. And what they did best is they said yes to Jesus, and then they just invited people to work alongside of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to go see Mother Teresa? Well, you're just going to work alongside of her. Well, you, this happened with you with uh, John Paul II. I mean, he was like this. You just wanted to be there, right? Just wanted to be there. But you didn't book your plane trip next month to the next time he was appearing somewhere else. Like, you had the encounter with Christ. Absolutely. And you know what? That's a good point. I didn't leave thinking, I have a relationship with JP2. I left <laughs> I left thinking, hard. I left thinking, I have a deeper relationship with Christ. That's what I left thinking. And that's what the gospel is, right? So, all right, great show. Thanks to Mark Joseph for being part of the show. You can obviously go to the website, discovertheartofliving.com. You can get the podcast as well as access to Mark's show. 
um, and any other things. Thanks for supporting us on podcasts or on the radio, and we'll be back next week. Bye.